Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It's episode five of the 23-24 season. Only three of us today. You've got me, James. We've got John. Hello, John. Hello, James. And we've got Connor. Hi, Connor. Hi, James. Hi, guys. Um, do you think we can boys. survive without Jack? No. <laughs> no, no. No? There's going to be absolutely no statistics involved in this podcast. I was going to say... Very rogue, rogue suggestions from Jack. Yeah, for the keen listeners that listened to our last pod, we had obviously Jack and then Mark from OUFC Analytics on. So we've gone from lots of data-driven insight uh, to just Stories. nonsense, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just generic rambles, which is it's going to be great. Yeah, and without great. Jack, we'll never know like what Joe Scarts' favorite ice cream flavor was or whatever else Jack had in his locker. <laughs> I don't know why I went there. What Couldn't think it- of anything. What handed leaders, you know? Yeah. Um, right. So we've got three. We, we're a bit. We haven't waited as long this time, have we? So we've got X to Stevenage and Shrews, 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 Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury. I'm a Shrewsbury kind of guy. <laughs> I'm a Shrewsbury guy <laughs> myself. John, I, I, I'm a, I don't know. Decide and vote. I'm indecisive. You've got to commit. Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury. Yeah, Shrewsbury. The wrong yeah. answer, yeah. but all right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll look at how League One's shaping up, which we can spend a long on. I'm happy to spend ages on that yeah. um, today. That's that's a good hour. <laughs> um, and then we'll look ahead. We've got Bristol Rovers on Saturday, early kickoff. Is it an early kickoff just because they're trouble? Yeah. It's not it's, TV, is it? It's, it's just, no, it's, just... gonna, it's just that, that age-old thing of apparently that there's a, a slight rivalry and they reckon there's going to be an increased police presence and all that rubbish that football fans get blanketed with. But, you know, you can't imagine wow. there's going to be any trouble and it's going to be an half-past 12 kickoff, which suits some but not others, but is what it is. I don't mind. I'm fine no, with that. I'm happy with early kickoffs. to be fair. I, do, I don't mind them. It's, it's going to be flat though, isn't it? Why? You don't even go to games, John, anyway, so it doesn't even matter, mate. <laughs> you don't go to games. That's <laughs> Here we go, look. It's going to be flat. I've got, I've got him. Tell anyway, how many games are. I, I, are you turning into Jurgen Klopp? God, Hates no. the 12.30, doesn't he? No. Never shuts up about it. Anyway, that's Premier League. We don't touch You're moaning that. about how many games he has to play. and Yeah. yeah. They should oh, be God, replayed. Don't, don't get me started on that. My God. Um, <laughs> right, news stuff. Uh, where should we start? Elliot Moore, new contract, John, long term. Could be 10 years, could be 12, could be three. Either way, happy? He's our uh, captain. Happy if it's three, lesser if it's 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, and the 48-year-old Elliot Moore comes. Oh, he's, only, he's only 25, I know, isn't he? I know, I know. Yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. No, he, he, is, he is top quality league one centre back like I've always had this slight sort of niggling thing in my mind about him I think if he's in a team which is playing well he can be absolutely class week in week out I've always slightly wondered and again this is me being almost bitchy why there's never been any interest in him from Mm. like if you think about the sort of he signed and he'd be like oh he's the next one on the conveyor belt and that's never come but that's not a problem and that's but he is a really good acquisition don't do this. So, don't you think, Connor, that everything about Elliot Moore's game depends on who's next to him in terms of how well he plays? Is is my interpretation? It's obviously it's not just that, but it makes such a big difference. 
Yeah, I think so. But then equally, I think you kind of maybe doing him a little bit of a disservice by saying that because I do think he's his game's improved dramatically um, in the last couple of years. I mean, barring last season, I suppose. But then that was a, that was a lull for nearly every player in the squad, not just Elliot Moore. Um, I think, like you say, what what John said about like being suggested as the next one on the conveyor belt, it's quite nice to think that he's actually stayed throughout those who have moved on. You know, he's been the consistent yeah. one, and actually, as a result of him staying. He has developed into a better player himself off the back of playing with those various, you know, Atkinson, um, Dickey, etc. Um, so it's it's quite good to see him, you know, nail down the captaincy and also sign a new contract. So you know, I think he's at the moment he's almost Mister Dependable, isn't he? Yeah, so he's not a problem that. that needs fixing. Or exactly, we should, yeah. should have gone and tried to get something else. So I'm not I'm not trying to be remotely negative, but I'm just throwing another aspect. About, about it, it's a great, yeah. it's good news. It's yeah, it, definitely. I think it's when you think back to last season, though. Obviously, there was lots of questions about we're in this predicament we're in. We're struggling. We're in the relegation zone. Kr was messing around with the captaincy, wasn't he? But at the time, I, I thought to myself, Elliot Moore's never the most vocal, and everyone kind of knows that. And it, it's the people around him tend to, you know, Ford, there was lots of shout about Fornley early on when he came back. That's great because he's really vocal. He can kind of play that role on the back line. But um, Manning seemed to have nothing but really positive stuff to say about Moore's influence as well in the dressing room and the types of conversations he has with him and everything else. And yeah, it just seems like a really mature head, doesn't he, to have back yeah, there, So exactly. And also it's only a lot of a lot of the, the role as a captain is not on the pitch. It's not necessarily just what you do, you know, as a captain with the armband on, on, on the day, on the on game days. It's often what they do you know, in training or in the back in the background and how they are in and around the place and relationships they have. And yeah. he's been here a long time, hasn't he? So he's obviously built those relationships with with staff and with players, etc. And also he's probably of an age where, like you say, he's he's very mature for his age, but equally, you know, he can he kind of fits in between those with the younger the younger squad players, but also some of the older players as well. He kind of fits in perfectly. So I think uh, like we said, how, how old is he? He's twenty five. Is he really? Oh, is he twenty six? No, he's twenty six. Sorry, because he's he's actually born on the same day as Sophie. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's got the same birthday, as Sophie. So there you go. That's what it is. Yeah. Who's do you remember first? <laughs> <laughs> or oh, trick trick question? Yeah. Trick question. Listen. He is yeah, very twenty six. It's almost two meters. So he is a. What what's Big the left. alternative Oxford commentary call him? Lamppost or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I enjoyed that. Um, fair play to whoever's running, doing those. I really enjoy them. Great. Great vibes. Um, Marcus McGuane, the option, the mysterious option uh, was triggered. That was a, that was good news, Connor, wasn't it? I think like there was always a little bit of a fear of why is there no news? No news is not has, good. But is it, Has it been triggered? Or do they just say it's there? Well, it's there. Like BBC there. Oxford right. okay. basically said okay. it exists as a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't it think, was, yeah. It, yeah, it was one of those things where, I'll be brutally honest with you, after talking to Mark um, and hearing that the dub were going to kind of like release some inside knowledge on this on their podcast a couple of weeks ago, I was secretly hoping he was going to sign a new deal and not just have I'm, an option. I'm sure he but, will. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, I hope the, he presence, does. the presence yeah. of that option means he is pretty much guaranteed to sign a new deal because yeah. it'll be in McGuane's interest to earn more money for the next two years, right? 
you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got like so. a year and a half left. If he doesn't sign a new deal, he's just not going to benefit from yeah. anything for the next for that period. Yeah, I'm, sign I'm just happy. I'm just happy that he's he's coming into fruition now, and you're actually seeing the yes. type of player that he actually is. Because I think this is we've been waiting for this for two years, and I think it's just that you know everything in and around the club, the culture that Manning's kind of instilled in the club, and obviously the the playing philosophy and the, the systems and the way they want him to play in particular, it, it all feeds into his his qualities, which is that he's a excellent ball playing, ball carrying midfield player with lots of energy, and he's never really had that opportunity to play in that in that manner since he's been at the club. I think yeah. he's been restricted under previous managers. Um and I think now he's actually coming in, like I say, into into fruition and it's it's excellent. It's so enjoyable to watch him play. He has been the standout player in nearly every match this season. Um yeah. and obviously Shrewsbury won man of the match yesterday. And if anything, I actually think yesterday was probably one of the games where I didn't think he deserved it. Not because he wasn't Brilliant, because he still was, but there was other great players as well. But it was I just, it's I good actually to see him playing so well. We'll get onto it, but I didn't actually think anyone stood yeah. out yesterday. But I think McGuane, you're right, for the most part, in every game he's in, you would pick him out. If you're a neutral coming to a game and you didn't know, you know yeah. any of the players on the pitch, you'd be like, he looks all right. He seems 100%. to be able to turn in, uh, you know, get his, gets his head up and then actually drives through. But to be fair to John and Jack, they kind of called this a while back and then... They did. Yeah. He had his, he, but he did start last season in that deep holding midfield role and was our star performer for about you know five to ten games in that role, and then it all everything went south for the whole team. But I think Manning deserves great credit for McGuane because I think he's found the way just to sort of turn the dial on him and find the the right role for him, and and it's changed this yeah. season. He's if you watch some of the games, he's often further forward than Brannigan, and it was definitely the other way around. Um, when they've previously when they've played together or under different managers and somewhat under under Manning, so yeah, it, it's really the next step for me is as we've talked about and these yours your criticism, James, that like there are times where he still should be having a shot. Last night, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had a couple yeah. last night, didn't he? he had he a did. good shot though. I think he had one yeah, where the target. keeper parried it. But yeah, he had a couple and, more yeah. where you're like hit it, hit it. And that's and that's the thing that. To, to be honest, will save us in a, in the short term because whilst we've got his value protected for a bit, he, if he was hitting, if he was scoring, there'd be World interest. Is, yeah, like yeah. it's the, sort of the Brannigan thing um, but when he suddenly started scoring. So he's just, just so good to watch. Yeah, Cole. Um, good news. Odonka's back on the pitch, which is great. So it adds him and Harris. Harris obviously returning from suspension. Odonka back fit means we've got more options at the top end of the pitch, which is ace. Um, something not so good, Connor. That Edwards injury is a bit of a kick in the teeth, isn't it? Because he obviously came yeah. in, was hitting the mark in terms of assist, well, contributions to goals, both in both senses. So, yeah, it is a blow. I mean, he's looked very lively since he came in. Like you say, he, obviously he bagged the goal against Fleetwood, um, which was an excellent goal. We also got an assist um, in the Exeter game, and he looked. You know, he looked like a, a real, a real threat. Uh, pretty much every time he got on the ball, um, you know, he's very direct, very skillful. Um, has a good, has a good. Well, from what we've seen of him, a pretty good end product as well. But yeah. it's just a shame that he's that he's done it in training. I think if anything, in training, it's even worse than having it in a game because you know you're not necessarily at the. You know, in a game, you're in. You know, you're always at 100 percent and you're pushing. You know, when when muscle injuries are probably more likely to occur, but in training, it 
it's a shame that he's obviously gone off on a Thursday and got the injury. Um, How long was his before... loan? Was it a full well, season? It's... No, it's a it's a January loan, isn't it? So oh, this yeah. is what I think. Yeah. So this is the thing I'm I'm interested to see how this Maybe plays that helps out. Us. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I was going to say I think it might do because. Obviously, he's going to be out for pretty much three quarters of his loan spell now. Um, and obviously, Ipswich are absolutely flying at the top of the championship at the moment. So I can't imagine they're going to be keen to bring him back into the fold. So it might provide an opportunity potentially for that for that loan to be extended if his recovery goes well. Um, You'd think I, that would be the case, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, almost you, by you default, because so. the only time yeah. when that falls flat is where, let's say we were struggling in League One and then you've got a team towards the top end of the table, like a Pompey, let's say, came in. Then sometimes that's what you see. They're like, well, yeah. we'll, we'll just loan him to another League One team that's actually pushing and more success. Mm. So, you know, we've seen that happen before. He, so I think yeah. we're in a good spot. He does give I us... Think so. can, I think we'll kind of talk about this a bit during the pod about shapes, formations and all that sort of stuff. But he does allow us to play with genuinely wide wingers. And that's possibly part of the reason why maybe more for Shrewsbury you see in this kind of slight shift in how we're doing things. Because right now you've only got Goodrum and Mills who are out and out wingers and you probably don't want to play both of them at the same time because they're not mm. as established. So it, I think as well, it it's quite a, a big blow from the range of ways we can play. But that's really not a problem at the moment because <laughs> we're not struggling for to find a way to play well. But Yeah, we seem to have found other ways to get wit from the pitch, haven't we? Which we'll come on to, I'm sure, yeah. through the games. Um. Cole, stadium stuff. The the only real thing of note is that on the 19th of this month, we're really not that far, a couple of weeks away now. It's exciting, isn't it? Um, we'll start to see some initial kind of artists' impressions coming out of the, of the Are you going to get CGIs to drool over <laughs> and start to look at like, all oh, that angle of that window's exactly how I'd I'm like very it. very excited. I, I actually think that this is the moment I've been waiting for for a long time. Um I remember in the old Manor Club thing, like next to Beach Road in the Manor when I was a kid and they had the Minchery Farm. We talked about this on the pod before, haven't we? But you used to walk in, um, there was a little tuck shop to the left as you walked in and then on the right there was a wall and it had some framed um, pictures of what Minchery Farm, like the new stadium was going to be like. And I just remember as a kid looking at it going, oh my God, it's going to happen. And then Kassam happened. Um, but I think <laughs> this time, this time it feels this time it'll be different. Yeah, it'll be different. It'll be different. I'm, I'm really, I'm genuinely, really excited about it. So um, let's hope they look ace. Um, and there's wildflowers all over it. Um, <laughs> now, now, James. Now, now. <laughs> Did anyone see the nuke that was in Oxford as well the other oh, day? Yes, the nuke. Yeah. 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 Mm. I uh, I didn't see it, but I, I heard about it. Obviously. Thank God they made that decision when they did, because really that guy was on something. <laughs> he was, he was. I was like, have Stratfield break the guy, the friends really gone that far? My God. Anyway, um, on to the football. So I was I was trying to like dig through stats and I see someone's managed to put something in. First time we scored three goals in four consecutive league games in thirty-one years. Connor, nice. you were barely we do, we barely even stats. a thought. Oh, yeah, I wasn't even a thought at that point, let alone anything else. Yeah, that's a good that's a good four years before my time. Uh, second best start since 1984. Apparently, that's a thing. That sounds all right. 
Um, and then, yeah. You two born then? <laughs> no. Thank you. I wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't tell them how close it is, John. Um, yeah let's start with Exeter then so Wild Wild Shut came back and actually nearly freaking scored didn't he Um, yeah he hit the the post but but that Beadle got a touch on that yeah I know it was a near post great save wasn't it it was a great save yeah I I don't think enough people realise that he saved that because it was actually a really good save I actually was really pissed off with how sharp Wild Shut looked at one point He, he absolutely for that for that chance he absolutely shredded long on the outside and not yeah. that that's a difficult thing to do if you've got a bit of pace accused of my sam long uh, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry sam but yeah um <laughs> he did it like a bit of a different player but i'm very glad he didn't come back and and curse us and score but yeah, yeah interesting to see what a little bit of a preseason can do for him when he hasn't pulled his hamstring Absolutely. We we scored really early on in this, didn't we? And this is where Edwards. It was an amazing cross, wasn't it, with his left left peg? Yeah. Was it? It was Edwards, wasn't it? The cross. Yeah, it was like, and then Rodriguez classic. with the diving header. Classic wing play, like you know your chalk on the boots type of. Yeah, uh, it was ace. Yeah. And then we all we, we really needed Ruben, or we were all desperate for Ruben to get off the mark. So it was great that he got the goal. But Exeter were good, weren't they? Like it was a strange. They didn't necessarily create a whole bunch, but when was the last time we saw a team come to the the Kassam and have like 65-ish percent possession? Um, there was lots of people that were saying that it kind of was a bit inverted. So last season, that might have been us, but not putting yeah. chances away yeah. or being clinical. But I mean, how Ga- did you... Gary Caldwell yeah. and Manning are almost kind of like very similar managers who like to play similar type of football. So it almost was sort of two teams who wanted to kind of do the same thing to each other. And Exeter were probably a little bit better um, ball retention-wise. It it probably showed up our two fullbacks as being less passing capable, so we were probably surrendering possession quicker yeah. than Exeter were. Um, but I don't think it's a... Well, I mean, obviously it's not a problem because of the result. And it, and it just shows the strength of how good we are off the ball. That yeah, exactly. You know, we can just say to another team... Well, you just have the ball and do that. I think every home game is going to be, sounds ridiculous, slightly different all season. Whereas away games, I think we'll see a lot more sort of like, we'll just play what's in front of us. I think teams are going to turn up and really sort of um, pick how they play against us. And it will be yeah. different a lot. If you take like Port Vale versus Shrewsbury versus um, how Exeter turned up. Yeah, I mean, the reference to Port Vale is interesting because I think with with um, Exeter, they, they they controlled the ball a hell of a lot more than what Port Vale did, and yet we were far more susceptible to conceding a goal against Port Vale than we were against Exeter. I didn't think that Exeter looked particularly dangerous despite having the yeah. ball. You know, they, they they almost camped in our half. You know, they, they were playing, like they like say, like we were at times last season where we were just passing for passing's sake and there was no penetration at all. And that's kind of what happened um, for Exeter, look, look at the two Bowden chances, like which yeah. were both like high quality stuff, particularly by driven by Rodriguez, who I think we just need to keep talking more and more about because I think he's just coming on exponentially. Yeah, and I almost slightly. I mean, I I, I love Bowden on record as yeah, him being so. one of my other <laughs> love childs, not love childs, <laughs> 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 other loves in the team. Um, 
but I want... do you have a poster on your wall, John, of your love? Yeah, what is that in the background? What is that in the background there, John? Billy Bowden oh, yeah. in a Billy. towel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so superimposed on something. Um, but he does actually probably need to start converting some of these chances, actually. He does, through his own, get a lot of good chances in the box, which has happened a lot against Exeter and Shrewsbury to pick out two of them. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I found, found it encouraging that he'd... We'll get on to Stevenage as well, but he had a couple at Stevenage, didn't he? One especially where he was pretty much just clean through on his left. Yeah, hand. yeah. Definitely. And it, you just kind of think at, Bowden could have had like four or five goals in the last few games, but I didn't. He the value he's adding into that team, the kind of he's one of the only players at this level I feel that can just kind of his touches are just out you know a next level he's his kind of mind seems to be on a different level he's kind of thinking one step ahead of people yeah. so i can kind of accept the fact if, if he helps to bring in the people around him more effectively and then every now and then he's gonna hit the mark then i'm quite i, I really like him, well, in him that and rodriguez position. are just causing and again this is classic jumping around games but they're just causing havoc for so against stevenage and to, probably to a degree shrewsbury the two of them just sort of go up to the centre-backs, drop off them both. One goes mm-hmm. left, one goes right. And it's yeah. why Bowden's kind of able to get into all these spaces in the box. And yeah, probably does need to do a bit better if he's not been played clean through or he's just we've worked the way into the box via someone like Edwards or Rodriguez playing it through. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're so effective in half spaces because they're so good on the ball. They have such tight ball control. When they do drop off of a player, they almost have that extra yard that they can almost manipulate the ball in any way they want to then turn, you know, turn if they've got their back to goal, they can either turn or they can pass so quickly because they, they are one step ahead, both of them. I mean, that's kind of where um, the penalty came from the first penalty um, against Exeter where, where Ruben picked the ball up, you know, went past his man with one or two touches just on, just to get inside the box. And then when he kind of wriggled it past him, he, he dragged him back and the referee pointed to the spot. I did, I did think it live watching it. I thought it was a bit harsh. I thought it was a little yeah. bit soft, oh, yeah. um, but equally, you know, we'll, we'll take it. And obviously, you know, Mr. Reliable from the penalty spot, Brannigan obviously converted that and that was two nil. And then, you know, I think if we're going to talk about, um, well, earlier in the podcast where we just mentioned about how obviously Edwards is going to be out and that's a shame with, with the width that he brings. But one thing I will say is is um, Josh Murphy has started to find his feet. Um, yeah. And I think, in, I think in the Exeter game, he showed that when he came off the bench. I think he, I thought he was excellent when he came on. Um, he was really, really direct. Um, and he's very, he's you know, Josh, Josh his, his quality is unquestionable as in he he's very good on the ball he's a very intelligent football player obviously last year it was his attitude that was the problem um but i think that it wasn't just his attitude it was, his, it was no, his performances on the pitch well I, it was his I, it, it was his yeah. attitude that that i think didn't help in the fact that he was you know arguably yeah fans per, fans perception of yeah. everything about him but that was a very dark time for everyone, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I, I think him Including and Wildshark criticised him. Yeah, I criticised criticize the, the crap out of him. I, Jerome said a few times on the dub and stuff that he was kind of a victim of that. You know, the expectation will be what did yeah. KR say? Like here is best here comes Josh. Mur- yeah, here comes Josh yeah. Murphy, best player in League One, and that absolutely set him up for you know a flop. Complete, <laughs> a flop. Yeah, just just yeah. really caused him no end of it. Can you imagine that? sense of pressure 
And I, I yeah. would, no doubt, I'm sure KR was telling Murphy about that as well. <laughs> so, yeah. like, just putting it all on him, I think this role will help him. And if he finds his way into a starting place on the wing, I wouldn't be wouldn't be distressed. He looks like he's um, yeah. in a I mean, good he's place. He's burst over five yards. So yeah. that as good as Edwards. I mean, he's, exactly. he's probably our, he's our best player at being able to do something in that sort of pocket. And so... Yeah. yeah. So he, and he won the, won the penalty, the third, sorry, the second penalty for the third goal, which again, Brannigan yeah. puts away. And then also obviously gets the assist after barely being being on the pitch at Stevenage for Elliot Moore's header. So, you know, making him a couple of assists with barely any minutes there, not bad. Exactly. Um, for a both, b- both off the bench. You know, if he can do it for 20 minutes every game, I'll, I'll, you know, as a fan, you'd take that. I mean, imagine if that's the, you know, that's the the player in the Arsenal that comes on and, and does the business. That's that's absolutely yeah, yeah. fine, fine absolutely. in my eyes. And if that's the bit part that he plays all season, so be it. Because if it suits Murphy in terms of you know how he wants to how he wants to be involved within the squad, he knows he's a valuable asset. Whether he plays ninety minutes or whether he plays twenty, um, whether he sees it like that, I wouldn't. You know, none of us would be able to know that. But equally, if he's making contributions, he. he you can't complain, surely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to wrap up the Exeter game, I just I, I know we've kind of covered it already, but I just think fair play to them to go away and like maintain a sense of identity for how they play. And I, I absolutely think what you're saying, I think, Connor, before about our shape, like how we're set up defensively, they, they didn't know what to do. They probably assumed, right, they're the home side. They're already winning 1-0. They're probably still going to come and press us and we'll create space. But, but we weren't doing it. We let them, like to your point, just play around at the back. You can keep the ball there. You can get your sixty-five percent possession. And that's fine. We'll just mm-hmm. drop off and see what happens. You know, it's fine. <laughs> I just think that it showed a maturity to not go chasing, chasing the game and everything else. We, when we're already winning, like we just kind of managed the game really effectively. Yeah, um, we showed in these three games that we're talking about. We showed three different ways of winning a football match, which I think is. It's just, I think it's just brilliant. I think it's just it look. We look like a team that have multiple ways to to deliver a result. We're not a a, a one dimensional side, yeah. and I and don't mean that in in any phase of play. We're 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 multi dimensional in every phase. You know, we look, we look we do look like the dogs. It's a great dogs segue dinner. to Steve Stevenage away. I heard the guys on the not the top twenty say Steve Evansage. Steve Evansage. Which was very, you know, like people used to say Arsenal Wenger, like Arsenal, and then Steve Evans. I thought it was quite good. No? Mm. Oh, I mm. think it's. Well, yeah. what? Name, God, name this, another, name another manager and club where you can do Did that. Did you not think he looked so weird weird in that little sunken bench? Like it, it, just it was sort of... proper weird, wasn't it? It yeah. was really weird. I mean, I, I was there. I went. I, I, I did the, I did the journey. Not that it was um, a particularly nice one, given the fact that I went on. Um, do you want palm uh, trees the, and. What do you mean? Well, I went on the I went on the Mott's coach, and uh, there was no aircon, and it was literally a hundred degrees in that coach, and everyone was literally sweating their <clears throat> off for the whole journey. Feet. It was horrendous, absolutely yeah. horrendous journey. Uh, it was one of the. I'm so glad it was only Stevenage. If that was like Carlisle away, I generally think we would have died. It was that bad. Um, it was horrendous. And thankfully, they fixed it by the time we got on the coach on the way home. So we were Sorry. all right. It's too cold, actually, if anything. If the owner great colour, great yeah. colour, Connor. Right. If the owner of uh, Mott's coaches is listening, that's uh, some dialogue. Yeah, please sort your shit out, basically. Connor will, Connor will write a letter. Um, 
So the 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 whole thing about kind of winning in different ways, John was em- emphasised by the fact we set up with five at the back going to Stevenage. So we had Lee obviously coming in on the left, um, Stevens getting some more time down the right, and then Brownmore and Long in the middle. But kind of set up differently. First 15, 20 minutes of this, Connor might come to you on that, but like Stevenage were terror. <laughs> I was genuinely worried because their intensity was so high. We couldn't, it didn't look like we could handle it. And then they obviously got the goal, which was a counter attack. And then they sat back, but I, they it's, couldn't have maintained that intensity, could they? So, no. And I'll be honest with you, I think the goal helped us. I think it really helped us actually conceding the first goal. Um, like you say, they, they ate, yeah, A, they couldn't maintain that uh, level of intensity for, for any, for any longer period of time. But B, when they scored, they actually sat off and that actually allowed us to then grow into the game in terms of our possession of the football and the way we manipulated it and the way we moved it. And I think actually... See, I think I think that's the point. I think you're giving yeah. too much credit to them in terms of they weren't... I don't think it was they weren't able to maintain it. I think it was the way that we were able to get on the ball, recycle the ball and the movement of McGuane Brannigan and then Rodriguez has been able to find pockets to so there was a number of times where Brannigan was able to play as pretty straightforward pass into Rodriguez or Bowden that in yeah. previous times we've not had that ball available and it means that Stevenage couldn't play the game which is what they wanted to do which was get two strikers up against our two or three centre-backs um I don't know where they would have predicted we would have gone three at the back work it to their sort of Centre back out wide or wing back and just boom the ball in and but then we restricted them to basically two spells of doing that and as a result they got they went flat and it was all a bit sort of drab from them yeah yeah sometimes their goal it has to be said you know we referenced ex Oxford players out like kind of pacing mm. past Sam Long um, yeah. <laughs> Kane Hemmings yeah I mean <laughs> not not a speed demon but kind of just. Long didn't know whether to come or go or make a challenge or whatever, and then it just meant that there was a square across the box for but a tap. In a, in a shock, John makes a positive comment about Sam Long um, <laughs> statement. I do think that if you're getting in sort of the formation chat, all right, the three none of the three centre backs are particularly brilliant passers, but I don't think that's a massive problem at the moment. But it suits Lee playing like that it suits definitely suits Stevens I think he's more mm-hmm. wing back than that and it really suits how Brown and Long want to play which is quite physical yeah. quite focused on defensive and then Moore's quite happy to sit in the middle so I, I get why they would have want Brown and Long in that team against a more physical approach yeah what what it also does and I said this to I said this to Lewis who I was sat next to last night while I'm watching the game with what you said about Brown and Long not being particularly great passers, what it does by playing them in in that kind of half space role as as a you know, either side of more, their passes are not now necessarily the the penetrating pass. Yeah. It's not their yeah. job. It's not yeah. their job to play that pass. It's it's the ball into Brannigan or into McGuade or or you know knock it out wide to yeah. to um, Lee or Stevens, and then it's up to them who are slightly more creative players anyway to 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 you know make the killer pass or That's true. bring other players into play and i think that yeah. again it plays so well into the strengths of what they do have because long and brown are both on paper well no not on paper in reality very good defenders it's interesting isn't it because 
I haven't really thought reflected on this, but the last two three years, the uh, uh, one of our main tactics to kind of work through the lines is a centre back piling through the pitch <laughs> to kind of open something yeah, dribbling. up yeah. and drag another player out. Yeah, and we yeah. haven't. It's not part of our game really anymore. It pushes, is it? It pushes the two centre midfielders probably into places they don't really want to be. It means yeah. Brannigan probably ends up in a more sort of random space. But it comes back as well to like having Rodriguez and Bodin. They can come back and help occupy and try and dominate the opposition's midfielders. Um, it just creates a different dynamic. In, so I think it was obviously, but it was premeditated. Um, obviously, all pretty much plans are premeditated. But yeah, to, again, Stevenage in particular, it's interesting that they kept it for Shrewsbury, which is a different conversation. But it's interesting they they kept it for that. And that maybe, yeah. that's to, maybe that's to do with Edwards being injured, which is what I was talking about earlier. Well, it's like, where do we get that whip from? And if you're getting the contribution from... It's interesting. So Stevens had an assist for that first goal, didn't he, in this game? The yeah. Bowden, obviously, the, the cross was decent. Bowden rose like a salmon, headed it on the bar, and then Greg Lee kind of finishes it off. But then, um, again, Shrewsbury, you had Lee crossing... To Stevens, so again, goal contribution. It's not just Lee. Stevens has got an assist in the goal in two games, as well in that role. So it's good. We went for a phase, didn't we, in that one of the the playoff seasons where it was just raffles and long, yeah. just yeah. racking up. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe we'll we'll see if we stick with this and those guys continue to get minutes, um, more contributions. I, I did. I didn't think we'd see Long and Stevens ever in the same team. To be honest, no. When yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that we find ourselves here and it doesn't feel weird. I'm here for it. Yeah. The last the last two performances I've watched, I am hundred percent here for it because like I say, I think I think Stevens has had a very very positive impact the last couple of games. I mean I mentioned earlier about McGuane winning a man of the match against Shrewsbury last night, but I think Stevens was was the standout player for me last night. I thought he was excellent, both both going forward. Um, not just his work on the ball, but off the ball, his runs, um, but also defensively. I thought he helped Sam Long out quite a lot actually on the right hand side. And I, I think he, he, just like just like Lee on the other side, they are both a bundle of energy. They're both very fit, very fit. You know, they are able to play that role of going up and down and actually contributing both sides of the game. Which again, just goes to prove that this this idea that you know. Manning doesn't talk about systems of play. He doesn't like that phrase. You know, as a, there's a video I watched um, when he was at the, oh, what was the side that we managed in Sweden? Is in Sweden, wasn't it? Belgium. Um, Belgium, that's it. In Belgium. There's a there's a video on YouTube where he talks, where Manning talks openly about how he doesn't believe in systems. He believes in principles. And the principles are linked to the, the qualities of the individual and how he wants to get those, those players in particular areas of the pitch so that they can go and deliver what they're good at. And you can see that with the kind of this system that we've, I say system, going back to that word, but, you know, this kind of three at the back what we played the last couple of games where you are getting the players in spaces that they feel comfortable in and where they can bring their attributes to the game. And they are delivering that at a very high standard. Yeah, And I think that's only a positive and that can only be down to the attention to detail that Manning and the rest of the coaching coaching team are putting into the preparation for these games it's still adding a, another shape system whatever you want to call it way to play as well having this sort of ability to switch to 
three at the back. And that for me is always yeah. going to be the sort of potential thing that might trip us up this season. This was Prius doing as well as we have done so far is that it's like this what's the plan B type thing. And that's not <laughs> that's not the plan B in terms of have we got an option that we can whack it up to someone. But it's having the plan B of got these two players behind the striker that can now come back and mix it yeah. up in that perspective. Because you don't need in the four two three one because you can just be more like classic wingers and stuff. But it's it's now like an even more exciting progression of this team after ten games to have two Definitely. different ways, which yeah. are yeah. still you know progressive football. Because we've got the we've got the players to play it. That's the thing as well, isn't it? That's the key point here is that we've recruited so well that we actually have the players that have the attributes to be able to play in different ways. You know, you got Stan Mills sat on the bench for the last two games because we've not played without and out wingers because Stan Mills is a winger. You know, he's not a he's not a number ten type yeah, player. He's, he's not, not there he's, for that physical battle no, necessarily. Is he he wants he wants to be one v one against a against a fullback and, and do him on the outside, but because we've not wanted to play in that particular manner, he's sat on the bench, you know, and it's, 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 it's great to, to, to think that we have the players available to play in these, in these ways. There's, there's pressure is on Goodrum. Is, do you think it's, mine is yeah. emerging on Goodrum. I don't actually I think, think he's is. had too many particular, he hasn't, he's had, he's had, still having moments, but I don't think he's having like all round performances massively when he has. I, 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 mean. I didn't think he, 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 he didn't really do a lot yesterday when he came on. For Bowden, I have to say, um, I was quite surprised to see he wasn't starting because I thought they were going to rest Bowden last night, but they didn't. Um, and I'm quite glad they didn't because I still think Bowden, Bowden and Rodriguez in that in that kind of, well, I guess both of them kind of playing as a number ten, but kind of operating in different sides of the pitch is really interesting. Yeah, I thought um, we'll get on to Lee's goal, Lee's second goal. We love him. <laughs> I don't want to forget. Yeah, it. We, yeah. Uh, um, we need so, to give him some serious. The, yeah, the yeah, Goodrum. Goodrum starting against Stevenage I found quite interesting. Um, he had a couple of tidy moments, but he, he started that and then obviously was on the bench at home to Shrewsbury. But I, I think he's obviously had some good moments, Goodrum, but he's another one where I kind of look at him and I still feel like he needs to be playing regular football. Maybe this is a season where he can just kind of come off the bench and try and make an impact. But I thought this, you know, we all saw this, especially early on. This is probably his breakthrough season maybe it can still be that but we're wingers down and he's not necessarily getting all the you know we've got Edwards out Marcus Brown's out and I don't think we're all defaulting to Goodrum you're more trying to find a way to get to keep Bowden up at the top of the pitch do you know what I mean when Harris is back it's instantly right well okay get Harris back in and we'll put Bowden it's just back for I, I just think it's an interesting. It's not to completely, you know, um, put too much on good good room in terms of pressure, but I just think it's going to be interesting to see how Manning manages that. Um, mm. I do wonder how much could be better. I wonder how much of his physicality plays into the decisions behind whether or not he plays sometimes, because obviously he's not the most physical player. So if we're not going to play without and out wingers, when you know we're going to play with this kind of get two other players like Rodriguez and Bowden close to Harris, you think, well, you know, would you would you rather have someone with like Bowden who's got a bit more physicality, who, you know, can kind of challenge the balls in the air and those sorts of things where we're so good on winning the second phase when we win the ball back high out of the pitch, you want someone who's probably going to try and 
swing it in our favour to win those balls rather than Goodrum is yeah. probably isn't going to do that. So I wonder whether there's that element to it as well. I'm sure there probably is, but he's he's not things. quite he's not getting the Sonny Perkins he treatment, killed Manning's yeah. dog treatment. Yeah. Um, it's a weird one, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That is weird, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back in Leeds in like two yeah, weeks. I'll keep a lookout tomorrow. Um <laughs> good idea. Yeah. Um Greg Lee's second goal, John, was all right, wasn't it? One of those where you've got a full away stand behind it, balls co- going away from from goal, just swivels, the camera yes. angle's beautiful, just everything. It makes me want to go proper partridge and be like, swivel. Swivel. <laughs> Twat. Yeah. He's <laughs> got a foot like a traction engine. Because <laughs> it wasn't like that, it wasn't like hugely obvious that it was on and he just kind of just sort of like wrapped it round and just sort of absolutely battered it. I bet it that in. looked great, Connor, from behind the yeah, goal. It was, so, it was so good. Me, me, Ben and Dad were, were stood behind the goal. It was the perfect angle for it. It was, it was so good. It was just in the, in the highlights, you can pick us three out. And when oh, it nice. went in, like we just basically just jumped on top of each other. Cause it was such a good goal. Oh, it was great. And also what I love about it, is um, it came from a long throw, which was definitely out of KR's playbook, which <laughs> we thought we'd see the last of, and it was Stevens, not not. Um, well, there was lots of us, lots of our, like, comparisons about how we kind of out Stevenaged Stevenage Stevenage, with some of our. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a bit harsh on them at times, but it was still um, kind of like how gritty we're getting and making the most out of lots of different types of opportunities but anyway so that was 2-1 and then Elliot Moore we talked about Murphy's cross uh, some interesting defending by Stevenage for that short corner but we'll get past that Murphy gets the assist and a nice kind of weird run it was a good run from Elliot Moore I was kind of surprised he was kind of running backwards towards the penalty spot as he headed it it was um, quite clever it was a great header You you could see when the ball was clipped up to him you just saw him appear, like from obviously when we were behind the goal, and you just knew there was one place and one place only that ball was going. Just nodded it straight into the bottom corner. It was a good, yeah. really good header, very accurate, um, and obviously that that had created some scenes in the away end, which was great. I do love an away game. I have to say, when when your team's playing well, and you you know you come back from behind against a team who were second in the division or third in the division, whatever it was at the time, it was yeah, uh, the classic shit was, house. 11. Yeah, just... it was. Yeah, And also, one thing I will add for these away games, this, this Liam Manning slash Jurgen Klopp fist pump thing at the end of the game is Are you, is are you for it? Oh, you're, like, you're I, liking I, it? I, I, I'm not finding I, I it cringe yet. No, it's 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 brilliant. When when you've won a game of football and you've got your manager just going, hey, 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 at the end, it's great. It's it's, it's just, I, I know, it just kind of creates that, that camaraderie between everyone. I just love that he doesn't really yeah, like, exactly. That's well, what I like about it. He sort of awkwardly likes it. That's what I like. Not that I'm sort of trying yeah. to like, like, picking he's on so, it. I, I just like so he like it. And then you see like McGuane just like shoving him into it. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's another sign of confidence. That he's... He first did it though. I still think Manning will have like a, a rigorous like spreadsheet with checkboxes on of uh, like, things to do post win. And it'll be like professional measured interview fist pump such as Jürgen Klopp and I just think he has like a playbook of uh, very organised and professional but things you know? very quickly in this game like it is, there is one thing to 
it was probably the first time I did wonder about Manning when I wasn't quite sure. Because if you think about it, it's 75 minutes. We were knackered. And yeah. they should have scored. And it would have been 2-2. And this is where Steve Evans' assessment after the header, the game, you mean? Yeah, that yeah, header. Jesus, yeah. And Steve Evans' assessment after the game, whilst he couldn't resist, oh, they've got an enormous budget and you know, <laughs> some of that stuff, he did actually assess the game pretty bang on. That um, I don't I mean I don't think he give us enough credit because I think we absolutely stopped their way of their playing and they just ran out of they just sort of malfunctioned as a team. But if that goal goes in, it's definitely either two two and two three, and you could argue that Manning needed to disrupt the flow at that point or earlier through the subs, which, you know, I think we, so we got away with it to a degree on that one. Yeah. But- I, I remember us shouting that we needed to stop the game. Didn't we? We kept saying stop. <laughs> they had a pit. It was interesting actually. because we came out second half again at Stevenage and for 20 minutes, we looked bang on it. As in, we looked like the better side. We were kind of dominating, but they had that five, 10 minutes that led to that chance. And we kept on shouting like, do something, yeah. like bring 50, someone on. I wrote down a minute, yeah. like from 55 minutes to 65, it was absolutely superb from a physical, tactical movement. Yeah, yeah. Brannigan and Rodriguez were exceptional in that bit. And then it just, yeah, it's. it feels like it's a good thing that this happened. Um, um, yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's a good point, though. That is a good point. But it feels like those moments and those kind of critical phases of games are going in our favour. Yeah, that, that's what I was butchering saying. It's, yeah, and it, it's a it, really positive thing that they are going our way, and yeah. we're getting points on the board now through them before they maybe don't go in our way later. For sure. Um, and we obviously went into Shrewsbury uh, full of full of confidence. We'd had three wins in a row. Um, could we make it four wins in a row for the second time in this very short season that we've got? Um, and yeah, really surprised. I genuinely was surprised to see five at the back. And Connor, when you got to the ground, mm. I guess we kind of the same, like thinking Shrewsbury near the bottom of the table. Yeah. They hadn't scored in all of September, you know, not necessarily a big attacking threat. Um, I don't know, I thought we might see a more kind of attacking lineup, but Lee from, <laughs> to be fair to, uh, to Lee on the left-hand side, he was kind of alongside Harris at times um, yeah. in terms yeah. of the, the line he was holding. Yeah, I mean, like I say, when we when we were in the car on the way over, I, I was I was saying that I kind of predicted that we'd go back to kind of a kind of more four-two-three-one shape with you know three four at the back with with either Lee keeping his place at left back and a kind of rather unfairly Kieran Brown dropping out is kind of what I thought. Um, and then when the team sheet popped up, obviously, as soon as you see more Long, Lee, Stevens, more everyone all in the same on the same team sheet, you think, okay, well, that's definitely not happening. We're, we're sticking with what we had against against Stevens. Obviously, the only main changes was, was Harris came back into the fold after his suspension. But yeah, um, to be honest with you, it was it was a uh, interesting how this performance at home um, was very different to the Exeter game in the sense that we were the ones who controlled the ball extremely well for pretty much 90 minutes from from the from minute 1 we had control of the football and i think the statistic, the um the possession stats were so strange because it said we had 70% possession it felt like we had 90 when you were watching it because it yeah. just seemed like every time there was any time that Shrewsbury had the ball they had it for about 35 seconds and it either went out of play or there was you know just Exactly. We won that. The ball back. First I mean, half, one especially, thing, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, the thing is, at the end of the game, I, I, I looked on... Um, so I, I use the app FootMob for a lot of my statistics and things like that. So I was looking at the, the stats after the game and we had 613 passes to their 190. So we had three times more passes than them, but we had an 87% pass completion rate, which mm-hmm. didn't surprise me at all because I just seemed like we were just so well connected. Um, They're marking and- in like... Position play was awful at times. I, awful. Yeah, they I, tried I've to never, match us man for man, and then they just they just like, didn't happen. There was one moment I particularly remember seeing that Brannigan got the ball in front of the, our defence, space to turn, played it like 10, 15 yards through to Rodriguez, who had space to turn and twist and move and, and do what he's doing yeah. repeatedly. And that happened quite a few times, and it was like, if they can't get the intensity up, then match on a match us. Well, I think... With their system, it just didn't make sense. Like I think they were just actually just a really poor. I didn't understand thing. what they were doing. I, I've never. Yeah. Se- I felt sorry for their. I know there weren't many Shrewsbury fans there, Shrewsbury. No. Um, but they, <laughs> it was, it was. We, we went one nil up. What fifteen minutes or so? Um, so that Finn Steve, we talked about it earlier, didn't we? Greg Lee crossing to Finn Stevens. Great finish, by the way. Yeah, Keeper, yeah. Don't know what he was doing, but great finish. Flapping but, then, but then after that, we're one like Shrewsbury for the rest of that first half. Similar things, like when they did have the ball, they kind of played it around in their half a little bit. But then even in, when we got to kind of half time, second half, they just sat back. They didn't want to, they did, just didn't look like they wanted to have a go. So. Yeah. We were just kind of like, well, what do you do? It's like when you're on FIFA and you just kind of keep the ball at the back, just being like, well, if you're not going to press us, we'll just literally just keep passing the ball. We're winning. Well, we like, why do we need to? And they're like Rosie and Jerome, you know, Rosie kept referencing on the commentary, people shouting, get it forward, get it. Yeah. I, it even was, for the first uh, yeah. time I was watching going like, yeah. why should we? Exactly. Like, what, this is What's the, the point? Second, what happened? I was obviously, I sit in the South Stand lower behind the away dugout. And there were people around me saying the same thing. And I was sat there and I was actually like, exactly why? Why do we need to go? F- I know I know, everyone's going, oh yeah, you come to watch football, you want to see attacking teams, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not being funny. We are one of those teams. So I can't believe anyone's complaining at the fact that we're not going forward. But but that's besides the point. At that precise moment when the fans are saying those things, I'm like, yeah, but we're, we're comfortably, comfortably keeping the football. And they're not pressing Miller. us. They're yeah. not pressing us. Yeah, you know, it's, cool. it's not like for the next half an hour, we're not going to enter their half. It's just rather we're conserving ourselves. And if anything, actually, sometimes for the players, you think they're actually conserving their energy for the times where they will need to use it when we do reach a certain point where their pressure's triggered and then it's kind of like game on. So when we did step into you know, just over the halfway line or, or you know, a little bit further in, encroaching on their on their final third of the pitch. You know, that was when they, they came for us. But then that was when, the you know, our players would step up another gear. Yeah. And that's you fine. Look at if that they're Harris not going to press us until that point. Exactly. I mean, the... the um, score that. The Harris chance. Oh, yeah. Came up, but yeah. I mean, that yeah. comes off comes off the back of a counter-attack from a corner, doesn't it? So, I mean, Rodriguez has a lot of... A Who lot put of the pass through? Was it Rodriguez? Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, that was a hell of because he, he delayed. Yeah, he delayed, Excellent. and I was going, "What are you?" I was shouting, "I was going, what are you doing?" Yeah. But then he, it was such a great pass, and I was, I, I kept saying when Harris missed that, that it's it felt yeah. it feels big. Like, I was like, I hope he gets another chance and puts something yes. away soon. I don't want him to like get to the end of this game and he hasn't done anything because if he has another miss mm. in the next game and yeah, don't know. That's what I thought. He has to score it, but uh, alas, he didn't. And a bit like Billy Bowden didn't against 
Steven Isherwood needs one on one as well. Very but, similar in a sense, yeah. like very similar chance on his strong foot, finesse finish. He held R one, couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, equally, if when you watch the highlight back, I didn't actually notice this in real time, but Greg Lee was busting an absolute yeah, gut alongside him. Yeah, and I'm like, just square it. <laughs> but obviously, he's a number nine. He's never going to square it, is he? Um, and yeah, uh, I say just square it. That sounds like I'm thinking back to the un- the unforgivable at Wembley. But sorry, we won't go there. No, Re- um, really weird, really weird game though. This I thought. Like it felt like a training match, like preseason yeah. type thing. It felt like they had nothing to play for, and I, I, I just didn't. It felt strange, but I think we again managed that situation per all the chat we just had much more professionally than I think we would have done in the yeah. past. I just think it just plays to that thing that our base of the back four and the two in midfield is so good that some teams will just are turning up and going, okay, actually, then there isn't. A clear weakness or gap. There's just there are gaps to be had. Like there's there's rarely sort of balls played in behind or or sort of you know it's only since sort of early on in the season there's another midfield been able to get on top of ours. Yeah, yeah. And then the um the second goal, like it always felt like you just always worry as an Oxford fan, don't you? By default, get that second goal, bit of a comfort blanket. And then um was it another set? It was set piece, wasn't it? Cor- was it a corner? Kieran Brown's yeah, goal it was came a from free kick. Free kick. Free kick, yeah. So yes. it was the, it was the uh, one of the things I wanted to touch upon before going on to the goal was was Beadle's performance because yeah he didn't have to do an awful lot in terms of making saves but I thought his um, his vision and his pass execution was absolutely top draw yesterday top draw. There was a, a time yeah. where Jerome and Nathan kept referring to him patting it out and I kept on being like Pat. Keeper shouldn't pat the ball. He did. He did. <laughs> he did he, a few times. Head, just head, head, kind of a... Yeah, but his his uh, his vision and his pass execution was so good yesterday. There was a couple of times where he where he literally broke two Shrewsbury lines with one pass, and one of those led to yeah. to the free kick that obviously um, also resulted in the, the second yellow card yeah. for yeah for for Joe Anderson on on Stevens, but. I think I think Beadle deserves a lot of credit for that, and I think that's one thing that he has added to our squad as well. Is actually, you can tr- we can go from having the ball on the edge of our own box to having the ball in their net, basically in the space of a minute, less than a minute, because of a, an excellent pass, and then obviously what that led to was Goodrum flicking it around the corner for Stevens, who then got fouled, you know, and then Good I, I, Goodrum's passed for that, by the way. It was like he was not looking where he was kicking. Maybe I'd, I'd give him a disservice, and he knew he just had the awareness. It's instinctual, isn't it? That's what he'll say. It's the same. Needles, um, doesn't train his yeah. confidence, like it's little things, like some of his punches are just more confident. Some of his shots, I think, is just a little bit more tightened up as well. Like, I think yeah. you're, you're right yeah. to absolutely highlight the point you've done, but I think there's another, the other bits have, have come as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So another set piece goal, and then. Um, I really enjoyed their goalkeeper just getting sick and tired of their and it's an, I know it's another FIFA reference but you know when you're pissed off you're losing to your mate and just bring your key you hold on to triangle you just bring your keeper out and your keeper starts chasing shit around in the halfway line and then um, it was the best thing about it though there was two calamitous keeper moments within 22 seconds he came out yeah. like messed around with it nearly got caught out and then 10 seconds later he's 
on the you know right wing. Um, then I just I passing don't get slowly to Gregory. I don't get why he didn't just pass it out of play. Just kick it out of play and run and run back to your goal. Like, I was what all was he for trying it. to do. I, oh, liked, I, I definitely there. was. And and um, Greg Lee's Greg Lee's composure, by the way, the, he didn't even take a step backwards. The ball just came to him. He just I had to just, hit. It wasn't just finessed it straight away. And, and what a, what a finish! Yeah, for a left footer as well. It's, it's not yeah. like you're curling it. The like like you know in out to win. inwards. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was a really, really great finish. I'd love and to have seen really... that from the north stand angle. Do you know what I mean? Like near the halfway line. Mm. Yeah, kind of to see it in. curl in. It was, um, yeah, it was a great finish. And I like how his celebration was. He just stood there and laughed. <laughs> yeah. Top goal scorer, though. Top goals. What yeah. was the stat Jack put, put or someone put on our so Twitter? Four goals That's in it. five appearances and then eight goals in 223 appearances before that. <laughs> <laughs> It's so it's so weird how things click, isn't it? But yeah, it's brilliant. He is like a, a cult. Hit. We we were watching with um, Adam and people last night, and um, we were saying like, "Oh, it's a shame he's twenty nine. But then when we kind of then started talking about it, you're like, "Well, he probably wouldn't be the character and no. have everything that he has if he wasn't that age because he brings all of that experience." I forget and... he's on a perm as well. Like I keep yeah, thinking, exactly. "Oh yeah, well." Um... Amazing, yeah, and also 29's not, yeah, 29's not the end of your career yet, is it? So, it's still a couple of years left in him, I think, right. <laughs> probably more than that. But also, as a result of his recent performances, he has got his own charm as well now, which we were, which we were singing from the. He's got the few, isn't he? I, I liked um, Andy in the Yorkshire Yellows um, thing, where it was to the tune of Jolene by Dolly Parton, where it's like Greg Lee, Greg Lee. Greg Lee, Greg, Greg Lee. <laughs> I don't think that's going to catch on. No, no, no. I think that I think the uh, was it Ole, 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 Ole. Greg Lee, Greg Lee. Greg Lee. Yeah, that was kind of. Was. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was what it was against Stevenage. Then. Uh, yeah. He looks like he likes though, well. doesn't he? Soaks up. Oh, he the, loves it. Soaks up the he, praise, then gives it back and scores the goals. Like I'm, I'm yeah, there. I'm it, there for him. He's definitely a character. Definitely. I um, I, w- I wanted to just add one thing quickly at the end of this game because kind of from Greg Lee's character to Liam Manning's character, because um, I noticed I noticed it actually a lot. I don't know. Maybe I paid more attention to it last night. I think is probably what is the best way to say it. Is uh, I thought yesterday Liam Manning was so calm and composed when like and like totally non-reactive to some of the on-field decisions that happened yesterday now there was one thing that happened in front of him where there was a throw-in that was definitely our throw-in but the officials gave it the other way and if that was Carl Robinson he would have just like lost his head and would have just gone berserk and kicked a water bottle or tried to assault the fourth official or something but Manning was just so calm and composed about it and I think it's actually one thing where he keeps um, talking the talk in terms of like this not too high, don't get too low, or this kind of yeah, yeah, kind of persona. But he actually embodies it as well, and I think actually it's really interesting and refreshing to watch it on the sideline because it must, it must have a an impact on the players on the pitch. It has to. I think it's um, he deserves a lot of credit. I think Manning for the way he conducts himself on, sure. on the side it's, of the pitch. It's a very professional operation all round. Yeah, you kind of want to see like it's that balance, isn't it? Sometimes I'm like. I don't even listen to the interviews because I just know what he's going to say. And he usually says everything's terrific. And um, and it's just like the same, (laughs) but it's fine. It's fine. And obviously I'm delighted and I'm happier, 
But it's one of them where I, I just... But James, look at what he's doing at the end of the game when he gets pushed in front of the fans. Yeah, I like going, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he does have another side to him. He's not just like this one-dimensional, boring, analytical character. I think he does have a bit of personality. I, th- I think they should a do a, week, a weekly feature on iFollow where it's like Manning's joke of the week or something. Um, and he has to tell her. He would definitely hate that. <laughs> just some, Yeah, that's what I mean. Just put him outside. I want to see him, you know, struggle. He's definitely out of his comfort zone when, when McGuane or, or Chris Hogg just shoves him in front of everyone. So if, I, if, I think... If any of the Oxford media the team are listening, then find something like that. I want to know what Manning played with, like his favourite toy as a child. <laughs> just like, give me something about his... Le- Liam Manning ice skating. skating. Yeah, what do you think, man? Let, what do you think history. Manning's to- favourite toy would have been? Yeah. Ball in Swind- cup. Like- no, it's a, a Swindon fan on a string. Okay. Told me to kick it. Yes, 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 yeah. we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> family podcast. <laughs> James was the one that swore earlier. Ooh. No, I didn't. You swore. Yeah. Oh, I did, yeah. Um, did. Bloody did. Let's, <laughs> let's just quickly look at League One because, as we said, it's nice. Um, we're doing all right, boys, aren't we? Like, game in hand. The thing that's interesting is suddenly, like, we've got, if we beat, oh, I don't want to get too carried away. We'll get onto Rovers in a sec. It's a shame Pompey obviously, like, got the winner in the 98th minute last night. But at the same time, both us and we've got game in hand on them. We're already, what, like, seven points clear of the of Derby, who are in seventh. Um, yeah. It's looking, it's one of them where you can see if if we put and keep the run going for a bit longer, I don't know. I I like Bolton. I think there's a general kind of consensus that Bolton are going to come back strong. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, they they're going to put a run together and stuff. And but we've got I, a run of games now that's very very. You know, we could do some some damage here to kind of pull away from a load of those sides. I think if you I, get I, if you get good results against <clears throat> if you get good results against. Blackpool and Wigan, who are two teams that seem to be a little bit erratic, but fundamentally quite good on paper. That for me gets things quite interesting. Bristol Rovers, yeah, obviously we should, but I think that's more of a should win game. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, we always, I always have a bit of a weird thing against yeah. Bristol Rovers. I always feel like yeah. they've got, I think last season that was the game before. Um, KR got sacked as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That 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 was a horrendous, toxic atmosphere at the Kassan, that one. Yeah. I was at that game as well. It was horrible. But yeah, I, I, I see what you mean, James. There is a there is kind of that weird, almost like bogey team thing around Bristol Rovers that especially away from home. But I'm hoping that, you know, obviously we're at home this Saturday, so I'm hoping that we'll have a similar result as we've had the last So they'll turn up and be games. some they'll be somewhere between Shrewsbury and Port Vale in how they play and that's another sort of dynamic it's a little bit more sort of on the front foot they had a good result didn't they they beat Port Vale 3-0 um, on Tube last night and then they've got um, oh no they didn't sign <laughs> Clark Harris did they they tried no. to buy him right at the end of the window um, have we, is this our last game like because Reading's been postponed hasn't it so have we got two weeks off When's is the Lincoln game towards the end of the month? It's on the Tuesday at the end of the month now, yeah. So there's basically yeah. So we've got Bristol Rovers and then we've got a fortnight without a game. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. 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 yeah um, then Blackpool. Oh, so it'd be nice to get, get a win. Three in a week. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, but either way, it's looking it's looking amazing, and you can just see if we get get a few games together. Like you said, erratic is probably a good word to describe. Um, Wigan have lost five out of the last six, which I don't think people saw coming after a pretty mm. good start from them. They won manager their manager won manager of the month, didn't they? In um, yeah, the first month, yeah, first August. month, yeah. yeah. So, and Blackpool are very much kind of win lose win lose at the moment. A couple of draws in there as well. So. Yeah, let's get this one over the line. Bristol Rovers are kind of bang on mid-table. Three wins from their last four. Um, beating Port Vale, as we just said. Wigan, Shrewsbury, and then lost to lost to Peterborough. Um, yeah, seem to be a good side. Do they generally play a 4-3-3? It said in the notes. Yeah, they've, and they've got like good players in their in their team. Like, it's not an easy one. Um, well. No games easy, etc. But yeah, <laughs> it's this. Yeah, they could definitely be more expansive and ambitious if they wanted to be. I'll tell so you who else could be more expansive is Cheltenham Town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, they you, you've got to feel for that fan base because that's got to be one of the worst possible starts to a season that any team has ever had. Of course. It's, I mean, like when they scored a goal in eleven games, or was it ten games? It's, it's the type of stat you'd expect to see in like the Cypriot twelfth division, like where there's a team full of like blokes that have just come together to, I don't know, it's just it's nuts, isn't it? How can you go? You'd think there's a set piece, a deflection, just something happens in eleven games. I, the, I just, the ironic I, cheer when they eventually score is going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't. I actually can't get over that. I can't believe. I'm surprised. Well, I wonder if any of their fan base has broken out the "Let's pretend we scored a goal" chant, and well, they actually they just, just had, they must have by now, and just and just had a celebration just to get it out of their out of their system. We say it's one of those the video on YouTube, isn't there, where there's like a foreign club where all the fans started bringing arrows to the game to point at the goal. So <laughs> oh yeah, it might be a little bit like it's getting towards that territory, isn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. But, Got you know, Fleetwood at home, though, as well, who are also in the relegation places. Um, interesting. But, yeah. The only thing, the final thing I'll say on that is, does it get to a point where they're just like, if you're a fan, you just kind of, let's just fully embrace this now and just just not score all season. Just go, let's go that way. Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be the most painful existence ever as a football fan. I mean, they're near, they're literally uh, a quarter of the way through the season. It's incredible. I mean, you start to like put it in like times. Anyway, sorry, Cheltenham. Luckily, though, there won't be any Cheltenham fans listening. It's fine. They'll probably score against us. And I was going to say, we're playing them quite soon, that. aren't we? We'll Someone probably start sport us, sporting us after a few more games. We're well, the, um, we've got the best goal difference in. We've got the best goal difference in uh, the, F- the whole the whole of the pyramid at the moment as well, haven't we? Have we? Better goal difference. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah, better goal difference in Man City. They're on twelve. Yeah, so we've got the best. So we yeah. We've conceded yeah. the least amount of goals joint with Pompey. We've scored the most apart from Barnsley, and they they had that seven nil win on the opening day against Vale. So yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not being funny. Besides moment. It's fantastic to be an Oxford fan. Yeah. And long may that continue. I predicted us to come fourth this season and that was the most optimistic prediction, boys. It was. So when we go back and listen back. I mean, I, I have just done that every single season and said we'll come near the top yeah. and it hasn't worked. It didn't really work last season. 
<laughs> Definitely not. But, you know, I'll cling on to that. Right, um, we'll probably be back again at some point after Rovers, I imagine. Maybe previewing Blackpool at that point in time. Going to try and go to Wigan, I think. Yeah. Going to go I'm, to Wigan, John? I'm keen. Let's go. The last time we were there, we saw that nice Matty Taylor goal with Joe Scarts bombing down the left. That was quite nice, wasn't it? Mark Sykes. Um, Mark Sykes, yeah. Oh, yeah. You said yeah, Joe's goal. No, Mark Sykes uh, broke down the left and then Taylor finished it. Pretty sure you that's what happened. You definitely said Joe Scarves. Yeah, you, you did. Said, I. You said Joe Scarves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So weird. We've we've started with with a Joe Scarves reference and we're going to end with Joe a Joe Scarves reference. He's, he's he's just on my he's mind. In your mind. He's going to say, "You're going to go living rent free, rent free in my head." <laughs> Joe Scarves. Well, there we go. Yeah. So weird. You know when you, I'm going to have to listen back to that. It's lovely. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to go and think about Joe. You know John's got his Billy Bowden <laughs> naked poster on the wall. I've got... Half, half naked, half naked. Half naked, sorry. <laughs> anyway, right, on that note, um, have a lovely week. Hopefully we win on Saturday and then we can spend two weeks gloating at the top of the table. But um, no matter what happens on Saturday, we'll be in the top two. That's cool, isn't it? Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later. <laughs>